Hey, I feel the Lord saying, embrace the day. Embrace the day. In the scripture, it talks about some of the patriarchs uh, in the Old Testament and how they longed to see the day. Uh, in fact, Jesus said that. Abraham longed to see the day that you're in. They longed to see the day that the Son of God was walking on the earth. He saw this. Moses saw it. David saw it. Abraham saw it. The prophets saw it. And they, they not only knew that there was coming a day that would be greater, but because of the greater day that they saw coming, they embraced the day in which they lived and they sowed into it and they gave themselves into it knowing in order for him to come, in order for this greater day to come to pass, I have to invest in the time that I live in. I have to sow in faith. I have to reap a harvest. I have to claim the generations. I have to build the altars. I have to walk with the Lord. I have to be found righteous. And then Jesus came and He fulfilled the desires of that generation. And even He was saying, there's coming a better day. There's coming a better one than I. There's coming one that, that will replace me, that will counsel you and guide you and teach you. He will lead you into all truth. But he knew in order for this to come to pass, I have to embrace the day in which I live. I have to embrace the time that I'm here. If I don't fulfill what, what the Father sent me here to do, then the Father can't turn the page on the next chapter. And Jesus knew, I'm like the seed of the Word of God in the earth, and if I don't fall to the ground and die, then I know the church won't be birthed. The church won't, won't be like that seed that breaks forth and, and breaks the, the top layer of soil and comes forth and brings a harvest. So Jesus fulfilled His day. He embraced it. And as a result, the Holy Spirit was able to come. And we know on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up and he preached and, and 3,000 were saved. And he began to talk about this is that which Joel spoke of. This is the results of the day that Joel embraced. He saw the time that he lived in. And he prophesied about the time that we would live in. And he knew that he had to fulfill his purpose in his age, in his time. He had to embrace the day in order to see what you're seeing today come to pass. So the apostles and the disciples, they began to be filled with the Holy Spirit and the church was birthed in that day. And they began to speak of the day of the Lord. So they were constantly embracing the time and the day that they lived in, but it was causing, it was their effectiveness, their ability to give themselves to the day was by the Holy Spirit seeing the day to come. So just as Abraham longed to see the day that Jesus would walk the earth, Jesus longed to see the day that the Holy Spirit would come and would fill temples not made with hands. And those who first became the temple, they longed to see the day that, that the temple would fulfill its purpose on the earth. So here we are. 
And I just feel the Lord saying right now, one way that you can recognize those who are walking in the fullness of His Spirit, they're not pulling back, they're not being overcome with fear, they're not afraid to lift their voice, they're not cowering down to the darkness, but they are embracing the day. Man, there are so many people in heaven. John Wesley fulfilled his purpose on this earth. He circled the globe many times by horseback. He saw the glory of God. He saw multitudes saved. He saw a church restored beyond what Martin Luther had done with it. I think it was George Whitfield uh, even, even said, I didn't do anything compared to John Wesley. How did John Wesley embrace the day that he lived? He had to see that there's coming a day when the harvest will be fulfilled. The times of the Gentiles, the the number of souls that God has predestinated to be in heaven, to be his children, the, the time that God appointed for his bride to be united with the groom, it was coming. And as a result, these men and women of God were able to give themselves in hope of a better day. So I see the church today, so many people are pulling back in fear. Or if they are pushing themselves, many are pushing themselves forward in their own name, in their own ministry, in their own spotlight. So today we're talking about the spirit of wisdom. And in a nutshell, the spirit of wisdom is the ability to build. And what God is is starting in this next season. In every season, God is building something in our souls, in our lives, in our relationships, in our ministry, in our callings, in our giftings and talents. God is, is building something. And I, I can't let the hurts and the disappointments of the last season prevent me from moving forward. I honestly believe more than half of the pastors in America, if somebody offered them another job making equal or more pay, more relaxed, very little responsibility, they would be out of the ministry tomorrow morning. But they don't have anywhere to go. Right now, selling cars doesn't pay. So they're going to put up with their wounds, with their hurts, with their fears, and they're going to come in next Sunday with another sermon and just put in their time. And if they do this long enough, eventually they can retire and get out of Dodge or Jesus will come back and rescue them from their misery. They're, they honestly hate ministry. I know they do. I hear it all the time. I hear one group saying, I want God to put me in ministry. And I hear another group, if you read between the lines, they're saying, I'm wanting God to get me out of the ministry. Jesus walked in the fullness of the Spirit. And so did some that were before Him. And that was their ability to embrace the day in which they lived. I'm not going to turn tail because Satan lifts up his head. I'm not. And we can sit down and we can point out all the heads of the beast that are rising up and the false prophets that are here today telling us all to focus on that beast and give him our attention, give him our lives. Even now, it's not the time of the Antichrist. This is the time of the Antichrist. 
It's just not all come down to one man. This is the time that the Antichrist prophet is raising his voice, preparing the way for the Antichrist that's to follow. Like John the Baptist went before Jesus. He's copying, he's mimicking what John the Baptist and Jesus did. And if I give ear to it, then I'm investing my soul into it. I'm, I'm allowing the words of the false prophets to be sown in my soul. And what's sown in my heart will reap a harvest. So we have to be careful what we listen to. I don't care what the enemy's doing as much as I care what God's doing. Yes, we need to be aware of the schemes of the devil, but that doesn't take long. I don't have to invest my whole life into studying it so I can get to heaven and inform the Lord. Do you know what's going on down there? Let me tell you. He knows. And He's allowing it to happen. One of the biggest reasons to test the church. To see where is the church. Not the building, not the congregation, but where are those that are longing and desiring for the fullness of the Spirit to fill them, to rest upon them, and to walk in the power of God to embrace the day. So the Spirit of wisdom is to build something. When the enemy's telling us you need to just shut the door and lock it and put Ichabod over the door, yes, you're saved, you'll end up in heaven, just be happy with that. The Holy Spirit is, is still falling on God's people that are asking Him to. You have not because you ask not. Man, I, I weep almost daily for the Lord to fill me with more of His Spirit, to help me pour out what I've got so He can fill me with fresh river, fresh water, fresh fire, fresh love, fresh anointing. We have to embrace the day. And I feel like the Lord is saying even now, recognize and ask yourself, am I today's church? Am I positioning myself to allow the Father to, to bring His Holy Spirit to meet with me in the way that He wants to? We're talking about so much of what we're not seeing in the church. Why aren't things happening? Why isn't, why isn't it going this way? Apart from the Spirit, there's nothing. It's not by power. It's not by might. But it's by my Spirit. So it seems to me the church should be crying out for more of the Holy Spirit. And how do we get more of the Holy Spirit? There has to be less of me. There's only so much room in this flesh. And where I'm filling it, he's not able to. So I have to pour myself out like a drink offering on this town as an offering unto the Lord so that the Holy Spirit can fill me and then he'll start living. So I just feel the Lord saying, don't look back to a time in the past. It's over. It's done. Let him heal you. Let him wash you. Get rid of the rejection, the shame, the guilt, whatever you had from that season and know that there's also treasure that you had in that season that you're not even aware of that is yours for eternity. 
But then I also hear him saying, yes, look forward to his coming and prepare yourself for it. But don't think that's a better day than the day now. This is the day that the Lord has made. Why is this day right now better? Because he's the God of now. His presence is present. Yes, he'll be there tomorrow too. But in his eyes, there is no time. So it's just about being. So I need to just get in him and then I can come alive. Then I can begin to move. And then I can have my being, my identity. In Galatians 5.25, it says, if you live in the spirit, walk in the spirit. That word walk doesn't mean just to take a stroll. It literally means there's an Really, if you look up the definition to walk in the spirit, the word walk means there's an army. And this army is made up of battalions and brigades and then companies and then platoons and then squads and then soldiers. You can narrow it down. To walk in the spirit means in the midst of all that, God has placed you right here. You've got a soldier on your right, you've got one on your left, you've got one in front of you, one behind you, and, and your little line makes up a squad, and so many squads make up a, a platoon, and so many platoons make up a company, and it keeps going. God is saying, I need you to stay where I've positioned you, because the people around you are depending on you. And you've got to stay in the spirit. You've got to be aware of what God is doing in your life because the man in front of you is depending on you. Just like in the military, when when it's time to train, I need everybody in my platoon to focus. If I'm the only one that's focused, when it comes to wartime, I'm the only asset in the whole platoon. Everybody else is a liability. And with all those liabilities, no matter how much of an asset I am, I'm at risk. This is why we have to have unity in the body of Christ. This is why we've got to stop putting up with nonsense in the church. People that come in and refuse to let God heal their hearts and they keep interrupting things and sowing leaven in the church, you're out. You get so many months to let God heal you and if you don't humble yourself to him, you're going to be asked to leave. Why not? Any business that has customers that are bad for business, the owner, the manager has the right to ask them, please leave. Don't we have that same right in the church? How much more important is the kingdom of God versus the coffee shop? And it's not that God is throwing out anyone, but it is that your wounds are giving place to the devil and the devil wants you to go to church on Sunday and Sunday night and Wednesday. In fact, you'll probably be the most faithful person that's attending. Why? Because God, because Satan is using you to manipulate in the church. So I'm just saying this is the standard and there's barometers. Again, it's not that anybody's better than anybody. We're all equal at the cross. But it is this, if we're going to train, if we're going to go into battle and we're in a time of war, if you're not in a time of war, you're just sitting back home smoking something. This is a time of war and it's constantly being set before us and I can't ignore it. 
yes, I would rather just go in my room and pray till Jesus comes back. But he needs somebody to stand up and represent him and fight for his name. How do you fight for his name? You start shooting arrows of faith, of hope, of love, and praying into it. And those arrows will hit the targets, the people that you're aiming for, and it'll start to lift them out of darkness. It'll start to set them free, and they'll start coming back to the Lord. 